Are you the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. Today we have an amazing guest, um, Samantha Bourgeois. She is a hairstylist, salon owner, and coach for stylists and salon owners with um, Bombshells Consulting. We'll get into all of those things, which I'm exciting. She's got tons of tips and tricks and knowledge bombs for you. So welcome, Samantha. Hi, thank you so much. So excited to be here. So my first question always for my guests is, where are you from and what led you to cosmetology? I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I became a hairstylist because honestly, it was kind of a last resort. I was a flight attendant at the time and I got pregnant with my son unexpectedly and I knew I didn't want to go back to school for four more years. And I honestly just kind of wanted a career that I could get into like quick. And Mm so I, uh, two of my sisters are hairdressers. And so I went to cosmetology school and I ended up loving it. So all worked all you're supposed to. It's so fun. I interview a lot of people that are like, I always knew I wanted to do this and I did it right in high school. I'm like, you did yeah I really nope not me not me either that's so cool so what did like school look like and then right after from there so I actually this is a really funny story I showed up to school my first day and one of my cousins was in my class didn't even like we just happened to like enroll at the same school at the exact same time so that was really cool because you know, just one of those things that, again, just works out so beautifully because she ended up becoming one of my best friends. Um, My family's huge, so, like, we weren't close, and so that was a huge blessing there because I got to, you know, know her, and now we're really close, and so that's awesome, but so school was, you know, it was kind of tough because I was pregnant. I was 19. I was pregnant unexpectedly, like trying to do this beauty school thing, working nights. Um, it was hard, but, um, I ended up, but I still loved it. Like I made some really good friends there and I always had a knack for color. Like that was kind of always, that was never a hard thing for me. Um, cutting was what really took effort on my end. And I felt like I didn't really understand cutting for years. Like that took a long time, but So I was in school, I took off to have my son, and then I went back and finished school, and then I started as an assistant in my first one shortly after. How was that experience? Did you just, like, how did you find your salon, and um, did you just take whatever was available, or did you really shop around for that? I would say, you know, now that I think back on it, there was this one salon that I 
wanted to work at. So when I was in school, they did this thing where you could, there was a day and like looked at different salons. And so um, there was a salon that I totally fell in love. And so I wanted to work there like the minute I got out of school. And I talked with the owner and she like, it was a done deal. It was going to happen. And then I graduated and it was kind of one of those things that um, it just kept getting pushed back. Like there was something that she was waiting to happen in order for me to start working. And it just kept getting pushed and kept getting finally got to the point where it was like, okay, I really need a job now. So I ended up, I think one of my friends actually, got a call back from a salon. And by the time she did, she'd already accepted a job somewhere else. And so she told me about that salon. And that's. Did you lose me? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Are we back? back. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a good it was a good experience. It was a good salon, but it definitely was not a place that, I don't know. I just didn't feel like there was a lot of motivation mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, continued dedication or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there never was, but it just wasn't like a super, you know, high energy place. So I worked there for a while and I built up like a pretty decent clientele. Um, And I ended up getting an offer for another salon a few years into that. Um, I don't know, it was pretty close. And I was really, really scared to take the job, but I also knew that it was what I needed to do. And at the time I didn't know that I was following my intuition. I didn't know what any of that meant. I just knew that this felt right. And it was scary because you know what it's like when you move salons and it's your first move. You don't know if people are going to follow you. Like what if they all stay? And so, um, it was, it was a scary move and the, the owner was not happy about it. Like she wasn't super nice about it. And so, um, it was, it was scary. And I moved to that new place and it was just so much more what, what I needed at the time. You know, I, I felt like everyone there with, you know, there was always classes, there was always education. Um, it just was the right time, you know, but because of, I think, I would say I didn't really build it a book full of my dream clientele until I went out on my own. And, and so, and not that, I mean, so many of my clients now I've had the entire time. I had none of my dream clients. Um, but it's, it's just that I, it was always kind of that you, what you can get type thing, you know, you, whatever shows up on your books, like you accept it, you kind of let the client run the show, you let them tell you what they want and they don't want to do the toner. They don't do the toner. You know, there just wasn't a whole lot of, um, now looking back at at any of the salons I worked at until my last one before I went on my own, there just wasn't a whole lot of like 
goals and motivation for add-ons or teaching you how the business side of things, mm -hmm. which is why I'm so passionate about that now because when we're taught how to do hair, but we're not really taught how to make money at it at all. Or and even it can option, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like that was ever the sell. Like you can make a lot of money doing hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's just not like why I got into it, but I remember I there was a class I was in one time. Um, it was a, was it Moroccan oil? some sort of some sort of class and the woman asked why did you get into doing hair and all the like my first genuine answer was to make money because it is why I got in the career I ended up loving it but I got in this because I was in it for money right. and every single person that raised their hand was like to make people feel good about themselves and to you know all all the things we say which is great all those things are true but like and and so that's when the woman was like so nobody's in here to make money like exactly I'm like well I am like heck yeah yeah and I think it was so eye-opening to me in that class like that is the mindset like yeah you can love doing hair but you're never gonna make money at it that's kind of like the accepted mindset and mm -hmm. bullshit is what I yes. said that yes. <laughs> well yeah no I um yeah I find that too like as much as I love my clients and I do love all those fluffy things, making them feel good. I love the transformation. I love being creative. I love like freedom of schedule, but I am not there voluntarily by any means, you know, I'm there to make money. And, and that's, that's the bottom line because that feeds me, that feeds my family, that feeds all the things that I want to do in my personal life. Right. I mean, can we just remove the, your, a stingy asshole if you like money yeah get rid of it I love money I love and money I love well. my job and I love making people beautiful and I love taking home a big fat paycheck at the end of the day and being able to do what I want with it yeah and I and, think and, and 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 we can yeah. have all those things yeah yeah exactly and that's the biggest that. you know I, I don't know how we got here but here we are um <laughs> you know have you ever, I think this is such a, a common thing in our industry, like the stylist that charges way more than we do, the initial reaction is like, oh, like who do they think they are? Mm -hmm. When like, that's exactly, you're never going to let yourself become someone who makes a lot of money if you look down on people who charge a lot of money. Totally. So totally. it's like, it, we have to retrain that mindset and like get rid of that competitive like if you look at someone who's charging way more than you that should not be a a thing to look down on them for if anything it should be something like good for them and motivate you to like hey maybe I can do that too because if they can or if you just don't want to like well good for them good for them they can do that you know rather than this catty crap that we do yeah I know does that make sense I feel like I'm rambling but it's no. such like a pervasive mindset in this industry and it's ruining us yes yeah it doesn't serve anybody and we're all in this together and I think I I only worked at one salon before I went on my own and so I was very conditioned into like that box of what that was and um there were two owners one that did hair and one that didn't both male 
no offense dudes, but you know, they have a kind of a different like way of seeing things, but it was like very competitive. Like every other salon is your competition and da, 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 da. but it's, it's not really, you know, every other salon is just another salon. And what I do is unique to what you do is unique to the next person. And there are plenty of people for me, but we also, um, nobody taught me how to do like pricing or anything like that. And so literally the way we set our prices at the salon, were just like five to $10 under what the salon owner charged. That was it. That was the end of the logic. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I, girl, I am dedicating my freaking life to smashing all of these stupid rules that are put on us because I'll tell you what, I would say just about every single thing that we are taught to how we're supposed to do things, mm -hmm. like it, I teach the exact opposite because none of it works, but you know what works is the exact opposite of everything you've ever learned. Right. And, and that mindset of competition that doesn't serve anyone. No one is your competition, mm -hmm. period. No, the person next to you isn't. So your prices should not be based off them. The salon down the street isn't. Your prices should not be based on them. And quite frankly, people placed value, people associate high price with value. So there are people who are not even looking at the stylist who is reasonably, play, reasonably priced because she must not be very good because she's not expensive. But the person that is charging a whole lot, well, they must be good. Well, you know what? There's no difference in those two stylist skills. The only difference is the one has the confidence to charge more. Mm -hmm. But that gives off the perception to, clients that the one that charges more is better. Yeah. Where do you think this like discount culture kind of comes in? Like giving away, having like a whole punch system, discounting prices just to come. What would you say to people that think like that's the way to go? You know what I really think, honestly, I really think it's self-worth. Yeah. Because if you're discounting your prices, if you're dealing with clients who are walking over you, who run the show, who you dread seeing, blah, 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 blah. All these things that contribute to us being run down. 100% mm -hmm. you are dealing with that same shit in other areas of your life. It just is in a different package. Yeah. So I believe it's self-worth. And once you start standing up for yourself and deciding you're not taking less in one area, it bleeds into everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like this work that I do with my stylist it's life transforming. It's not just business transforming because yes, it starts with their clients, but you cannot, you cannot up level in one area and have it not bleed into the others. Vice versa. You can't, if, if you're letting one thing bring you down, eventually it's everything else is going to start coming too if you don't address that thing. And so I believe it's a self-worth thing. It's a confidence thing. Like all my clients are going to leave me if my if I raise my prices five dollars. How am I going to pay my bills? Like, what if you know? It's it's what if it's all these scenarios we play out in our head that never actually happen. It's it's just fear based, yeah. and it's it's just and for every, I think there's that fear too that like there's always going to be someone who it's going to be at this price point if my clients choose not to follow me. It's that competition, like, well, I need to take them because somebody else might get it. Yeah. And the truth is, like, you can, you can build a successful business at every level. And I look at it like when it comes to 
raising your prices, the goal is to lose people. The goal is to work less and make more. And for some reason, we put this such negative like thing over, oh my God, if I lose a client, no, that's your goal. Don't make that a negative thing. Like that's a mindset thing. Shift your mindset around that because if you're raising your prices, it's because you want to make more money working fewer hours. Like that should be the reward for building a successful business is working less, not working more hours on more people. That's crazy. And the one thing that like, I was actually thinking about this the other day is that I, I really think that we as stylists and people as clients really to look at it from this perspective of when I take a job in any profession, I start out this pay. As I progress in my skills, I get raises. It's no different with us. As we get better, as we get more experience, we should get raises. And likewise, we need to understand that these clients came to us at a certain price point and probably because that's their budget. So as we grow and get raises, we can't be mad at these people if they choose not to stay with us because they came to us at a different price point. So it's like, we both have to look at it like this isn't personal and this maybe isn't something that we're both in forever. Like, yes, we have these clients that stay with us through every price increase and it's great, but like, it's not personal if a client chooses not to stay with you through your next price increase, just like client, it's not personal when I decide to raise my prices because I've been in this for another year and just like you get a yearly raise, I do too. Mm-hmm. And so it's taking the emotion out of it. And I think that is such a huge issue for our industry. And it's, it's what makes us different is that it's such a personal thing. Like we sit and we are invested in our clients' lives. They are invested in ours. We spend two, three hours with them at a time. It feels so personal. And it is, but also we have to know that like certain things are just business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fine, fine line of separation. But I think especially talking around money is so important because it's become so taboo, not knowing like what that person charges or what that person charges or even what you're doing yourself. Like for me, I did all the things I was giving myself raises because I just was doing the best that I could. I never actually got a raise. All I ever did was offset inflation. And it took me a decade to figure that out. Right. Fucking waste of time, you know? Like, I'm so thankful for, like, now independent coaching and things like that. Because, yes, I learned lessons from my mistakes. But I also feel like investing in a mentor or a coach or even a program is so valuable like that small investment feeds the rest of your life money in the long run yes yes so much money in the long run like my my coach I hired her to me um, build an online business it was when I started making all these changes which we can get if you want to about like kind of my story but when I went out on my own and I decided like I had this major mindset shift and everything changed holy crap I can help other people do the same thing Mm -hmm. but I had no idea how to start an online business. And right. so I reached out to this woman who I'd been following. Um, and I knew she was the one to help me and she's $2,000 a month. This was three years ago and I'm still working with her because you know what, because I invested in her, like I, it was the scariest investment I've ever made in my entire life. It was all the money I had, yeah. but I knew 
that I didn't know I was doing. And I, looking back, I know 100%. If I would have tried to do it on my own, I would have quit and it would have never become a thing. Mm -hmm. So that investment has made me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And so like, while it is scary to make the investment, it is always a lucrative decision to invest in some skip some trial and error like that trial and error is expensive time is money if you can hire someone who knows what to do and tell you how to do it and lay it out for you do it and also for me like with my coach I find that I'll like bring up something to her and there are times when she literally just repeats it back to me and I'm just like oh yeah you know, like things just click in a way where I already had the ideas. I already knew the things, but that kind of validation from somebody or like just shifting around, just like these minor tweaks makes such a huge improvement. When I hired my coach, she was more than half of my take home pay. Yeah. But once you start making more money, that percentage shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. Yeah. You know, and like we just call a spade a spade, and sometimes it's just the accountability. Yep. It's not that I don't know, like at this point, it's not that I have no idea what to do, but I know that if I'm talking to my coach on Thursday and I didn't do what we talked about last Thursday, well, I'm wasting my own money because what are we going to talk about? Totally. She's going to say, cool, well, we can't do the next thing until you do the thing that we talked about last week. So that sometimes is really all we need to get results is like knowing that someone's going to be there to ask us if we did it. Yeah. Like you can know what to do all day long, but if you can't, what good is it doing you? Yes. My coach, she doesn't like claim the quote. She said she heard it from somebody else, but I always give her credit. Maybe I should start taking my own credit for it. But she says, um, she says, um, education and inspiration are nothing without application. You know, like you can get inspired. You can have all the ideas. You can go to class after class after class. But if you don't actually implement the things that you're learning, And that's the value of coaching. That is the value of coaching is someone who's going to make sure you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they don't like hold your hand through it. They just, it's just an outside perspective. It's hard for us to look to be connected to ourselves. Yeah. There's an energetic piece to it too of investing yourself, putting out there like, I'm serious. I'm going to make this happen. Like Mm -hmm. that's a huge part of manifesting is you know, yeah, sure. It's great to journal and visualize and put out what you want to the universe. And, you know, depending how woo woo you get, do all the rituals, but without action, none of it's going to happen because we have a part two. Yes. It's co-creating. We are co-creating with the universe. And even though like we can get, you know, intuitive downloads or guidance, but if we don't put those into action, there's nothing there's nothing. exactly and you know what and they'll stop coming mm-hmm. if you don't take action eventually the universe is going to stop giving you those nudges yes yeah you have to be a good partner until you decide to start listening again mm-hmm. that's the cool thing though too like you can pick it back up at any time it's never too late it is unconditional love at yeah. its highest yeah yep that's so cool so how did you transition from I mean you're still actively doing hair in the salon and then yeah. like creating your coaching business. What did that look like? Cause you kind of started with doing like social media mm-hmm. stuff, right? So, so, um, I feel like I kind of need to go back to when I went out on business of my, on my own, just to kind of tie this all in. So yeah. 
Um, been doing hair behind the chair for eight years at that point, and um, I was a really good hairstylist, but I wasn't making a lot of money. And it didn't make sense to me because I always thought at the point where I was that busy in my career, that skilled, I'd be making good money and I could barely pay my bills. And so it was really eye-opening to me to realize one day, just like, wow, something's got to change because me just waiting for the client, like I figured, okay, if I stay in this long enough, eventually I'll acquire enough clients and I'll be making a lot of money. Well, it didn't work out that way. Like you can't just wait, sit around and wait for shit to happen. Um, so even though I was a busy stylist, like I was just getting what I was getting. And so I was, you know, getting clients that weren't really interested in, and in, I was getting clients who didn't want to book, which is jobs who didn't want to buy, who, you know, who wanted me to come in outside of my hours and I was doing it, who was, who would tell me what to do. And I'd have like that crippling anxiety seeing certain clients on my books because I just know nothing I do is ever going to make them happy. Um, so it was just this culmination of realizing I am not happy and I'm not happy. I'm not making any money. And so, um, for like six months, I, I was terrified to go into business for myself. I was a commission salon. I always had been in a commission salon. And so I was terrified to go out on my own. I always said, oh, I don't want to be a business owner. I don't want to deal with running a business. Like that was never a goal of mine. But when I realized how unhappy I was, what I was doing, I was, I just put out there. And at this time, I didn't even know that I was putting out there to, to the universe that I was like, okay, I'm not actively looking, but if something falls in my lap, I will take it. Well, within like six months, this opportunity to share a loft just literally fell into my lap. And I was like, like, you know, I got a phone call, like, Hey, do you know anyone who wants to share with this person that, you know, and I'm like, well, shit, I guess there, I guess I got to do it now. So I was terrified. I almost backed out 15 times. Um, but I eventually did it and I just went into it with this of, all right, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to look different. Like I am done. I am done with anyone telling me what to do. I know what's best for your hair, so I'm going to do it. I built everything into my prices. I'm going to learn what the hell this whole social media thing is. Because I used it before, but I wasn't. It was just like a, you're very basic, like post a picture on Instagram. I didn't even, you know, that was it. That was the extent of it. So I really just dove headfirst into research of like, how to use social media. I started making tons of videos, figuring, I look back at my stuff now and I'm like, oh my God, that stuff was terrible, but it worked. Like, and it just, it's the one thing that I really people to take away from this is it doesn't have to be just show up because I look back at my stuff now that made me the busiest I've ever been in my career. And I think it's terrible now, but you know, like, but we're our own harshest critics. So anyways, um, so yeah, I just started, um, I really, honestly, like I just started manifesting. I started, you know, um, not, um, not accepting anything that I didn't want. Like, these are my hours. These are what I work. You pre-book if you want to get in with me and everything's built into your price. If this is the look you want, this is what we do. You get everything. And that's how things are. If you come to my salon, you get literally everything. You get the gloss, the bonder, um, conditioning treatments, whichever one is going to be best for your hair, you know, trim or haircut. Like it's, it's all packaged in because I 
that's the experience I want to create. And so when it went from, so, um, I actually, through all that, I started to get, you know, really busy and I had, um, Silas reach out to me. I actually was working for a product company at the time and they asked me to put together a social media class. So I did. And then I gave that class and I had all these stylists reach out to me and ask if I'd meet with them one-on-one. And that's when I was like, I can make this a business. <laughs> so, so that's when I reached out to my coach. And honestly, um, what I've learned through working with her, her name is Jamie Thurber. She's amazing. Everyone needs to follow her because she's life-changing. Um, but I was so busy busy, 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 busy behind the chair, like wearing busy as a badge of honor. Like I always have all this shit going on, you know? And, um, the first thing she did was help me eliminate the chaos. And holy crap, if I thought I was making money before when I was so busy, um, I had never made more money than when I eliminated the chaos in my life. Like, planning my week, just getting organized, planning my weeks, setting my hours and not compromising on them. Um, building in me time every single day. Like I remember there was one time I called her crying on the phone because I couldn't find a sports bra. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back, you know, like everything was piling and the mornings were miserable in my house. And I was just trying to find a sports bra so I could work out after work. And I was late. And I was just like, I remember like, it was just like the thing that set everything off. And so I sent her a box or just like crying because I couldn't find a sports bra. And um, I will never forget what she said. It's like, honey, you're creating all this chaos in your life. Like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Right. <laughs> but it was true. And so, um, it, so you asked what it looked like. It looked like first creating um, organization and peace in my life and, and actually working less. Um, committing, you know, planning out, okay, these are my hours in the salon. These are my office hours. And this is me time. And this appointment for myself to sit in silence, to go get a massage, whatever. This is just as important as my appointments with my clients. And, and anytime that starts to get out of balance and I start to spend, if I start to work too much, I actually make less money. It drives it away. Because it's like putting out there to the universe, I'm important, I am a priority, um, mental health, my quality of life is important. So I'm important and I'm going to make money. And when you, the more flow you create in your life, like the easier these things come to you versus you having to break your back behind the chair every day, it'll look like a client come in and wanting to get the work. So then you make what you make in one client. I'm making three. It comes in the form of a client coming in and wanting to buy $500 worth of product. I can't tell you how many times that's just like randomly from a client wanting to just buy a ton of products when I need money, like in a day, you know? So all that to say, what you create in your life and what you focus on and what you accept is what you attract. So when you stop accepting chaos into your life and when you stop accepting, um, any money that you can get just because it's money in the door and you start saying, no, I'm going to make money, but it's going to be on these terms. It's going to be peaceful. It's going to be enjoyable. 
that's what happens. But what we accept into our lives, we create more of. Absolutely. I think even the energetics of creating time for yourself and not just saying, oh, I have a little bit of time there. I'll do it then. Like scheduling it in Mm -hmm. because we put ourselves second a lot of times, you know, especially, I mean, whether you have kids or not, but obviously if you have kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) take high priority, but I am a better mom if I have me time. I am a better wife. I am a better hairstylist. Like you can give more if your cup is full. Exactly. And it's empty. There's nothing to give. Exactly. And then everybody's getting half-assed. Yeah. You're letting everyone down and then you're feeling worse because you're constantly disappointing everyone. Mm -hmm. You're at your wit's end. You hate your life. You're crying over a sports bra. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, um, you know, and, and to talk about the energetic side of it, if, if you don't respect you, if you're not making yourself a priority. There's like a weird sound, and this is important. <laughs> it sounds like. Can you hear it? I don't hear it. Get me to unplug and plug back in. I know. Okay. Is that better? Yeah. It's gone? It's gone. (laughs) Well, you mentioned the energetics of it. And yeah, like, think about it this way. If you don't make yourself a priority, why would anyone else? Mm -hmm. If you don't respect your own boundaries, how can you expect anyone else to? So by you refusing to just take a breather and build something that you freaking enjoy into your life by by not doing that, you're putting out there that you're not worthy of that. Mm-hmm. You're attracting people then who are on that same level, who are going to give you the exact amount of respect that you're giving yourself, which is everyone else comes first. Right. Yeah. Which is when you get those clients that expect you to come in early, stay late, drop everything for them. Like they're your whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. I have found that anytime that I have let a client go or fired a client that just was giving me such anxiety or making me crazy or not valuing me literally every time I fired them something amazing came in Mm -hmm. and that's that like standing in your worth I mean like a client that only got haircuts immediately started getting a full head of highlights and now I and now I've like just instantly replaced that person with somebody that I love and values me Every time. And what's really cool is like, I love this analogy. Uh, did you ever read Sec- Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker? Yeah, yeah. When he says, oh my gosh, that's such a good book. Anyone listening needs to read that book. But, um, you know, thermostat? what? The thermostat? No. So we, we have to say no to the things we don't want in order the things that we do want to come you know what I mean like you have to create space for it and the analogy he uses is so good he says that saying oh I'll do that um I think he uses money but obviously uses money as the analogy but you can you know apply it to anything but like I'll wait to do it until 
hold on. This is, this is good. I want to get it right. Um, <laughs> oh, he's talking about managing his money. Okay. And so managing your money and how, if you don't manage your money, when you have a, when you have a little, you'll never have a lot. Yes. And so he's saying, he said that, you know, saying I'll wait to manage my money until I have more is like saying to the bank, um, I'll make my, my deposit after you give me my interest. It doesn't work that way. Apply that to anything saying like, Oh, I'll wait to stop, you know, accepting people who don't respect me until I get ones that do that. Well, that's like saying, I'll make my deposit after you give me my interest. It doesn't work that way. You got to create the space for them and you got to show you're serious. Like what it all comes down to is you're going to get what you accept. So if you're still accepting that you're buckle up for more of it, sis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's what's coming. That space is a real thing. I mean, there are, I think, you know, when you talk about the spiritual world and manifestation and co-creating with the universe, like everything is available to you, it, but time is a real thing in this human experience, you know? And if you haven't created that time, if you're still taking up space and time with these clients that you don't want, well, where are the good ones going to go? <laughs> exactly. And there's one thing I want to touch on because I know a lot of people like a lot of stylists, like, let's say you're not as busy as you want, but the clients you do have are the ones that, you know, are soul suckers. And you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I already have the space for clients I do want, so I can't get rid of the ones that I don't want because then I won't have anyone. But I'm not talking physical space on your books. I'm talking energetic space because if all your, your space is filled with people you don't want, like, energetically, you don't have space for the ones that you do. You have to clear out that negative shit first. So I just wanted to be clear when I say creating space, I don't necessarily mean that you don't have any physical openings on your books. I'm talking like, you got to get rid of that negative energetic shit first. Yeah. And I hope it's okay that I said that word. (laughs) Yes. We have (laughs) (laughs) no, but it is true. You have to clear that. And I found that when you're manifesting things, especially money, money is easy to manifest, but it starts with, it starts with yourself. It starts with shadow. It starts with inner child. It starts with things that you need to clear up in your personal world because why do you have these limiting beliefs? Where did they come from? And there's a lot of layers that go into that. And then it will just catapult into every other area. Money doesn't grow on trees. There's never enough money. All these things that we grow up hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. A lot, a lot of lack mindset stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, money is just, (laughs) well, and like money, 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 it's just, um, energy exchange yep you know like you there's a block there there's a block there you open it up money's gonna flow and it can come in the most unbelievable forms but you have to first get past those blocks and that usually starts with that negative mindset of whatever beliefs that you adopted because they were put on you as a child you know that that you have to work hard for your money or you haven't earned it Mm-hmm. Yeah, that energetic exchange of money is so important. And, and even if there are people that are paying you for your services, whether they're small or great, if that person doesn't love paying you, that's a negative energy. <laughs> like, yeah, that's one of the yeah. things that I write. So um, working with my coach, um, 
one of the things she taught me, this is a non-negotiable every morning. I write my reality, even if I only have like, that's the one thing that does not get skipped. Um, and even if it's, I just have time for a few sentences, but I write how my day is going to go. And so I will write, um, every client today like loves their hair they're excited to pay me that is one thing when I'm working on manifesting clients whether it's coaching whether it's whether it's behind the chair like they are excited to give me their money because I don't want to work with anyone that I have to pry it from your cold dead hands from if you don't want to pay me I don't want to work with you um and it really it changes the entire dynamic of the working relationship when you're not feeling like you're having to talk people into paying you mm-hmm. Totally. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do you have any other, I feel like we kind of bounced from, was there anything, I don't know, anything you want to talk about? Um, gosh, we've kind of like covered a lot. Um, building, I don't know energetics, money mindset. Mm, What's next? What's next for Samantha? Oh man. So I'm actually working on a money managing course for stylists. So if that's not like perfectly in line with everything, (laughs) clearly that's what's on my mind. But um, actually, if if you have time for me to share a little bit about, okay. So um, actually, shortly after I met you last year at the Ember Retreat, um, ironically, not ironically, it was perfectly planned, but I read that book that I just referenced, um, The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, and I had this whole new like lease on life, and I was going to get home, and I was going to manage my money, just like we said, and I was so excited, and literally two days later, very, very, very long story, but I had been carrying this debt with me for... um, the same debt for like 10 years. And then once I became a big girl and started making money, I started paying these things off. Well, by that time, one of my student loans had gone to collections and credit, it had like gone as far as it could go. So I started making regular payments with them, whatever. Well, when I was late on a payment, they garnered everything in every single one of my bank accounts. Like everything that I had zero checking savings business like everything um like I thought it was the worst thing to ever happen to me and it turned out to be one of the best yeah because of that um talk about like finding out what you're made of when you you know so but because of that um it was perfect timing for me to put my money my new money managing Uh, techniques into place and very very long story short a year later I just bought my first house I am debt free and I have more money in savings than I've ever had in my entire life and I just got goosebumps saying that so talk about like going from so all that to say like what I have learned is is not about how much money you make it is about how you manage it because this year was not if I'm looking at financials, it was not my best year ever, but it was the year that I got everything paid off. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
and 100%. It's because of all these money practices, money mindset shifts I've made, um, put into place. I have these, I have my whole little system that I do. And so basically through working with stylists over the years, um, same kind of thing. Like if you have whatever your money mindset is, if it's not serving you, if it's getting you into debt, whatever, like even if you make more money, if you don't fix that mindset, you're going to raise your debt to match your income a hundred percent of the time. If you don't fix the root problem, which is the mindset and the money management, you're never going to actually turn a profit. So, um, now creating a course, um, basically just teaching everything I've learned the last year of like, okay, yeah, here's how you make more money. Take any of my courses and I'll tell you how to make more money. But this one is going to teach you how to manage that money and how to actually get out of debt once and for all. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, this like whole series is kind of like seeing is believing and to have people like you that it's like, look, I've been there. I came out of it and you absolutely can too, because nobody's on, nobody has different options all the options are available to you right right (laughs) and faster than you'll ever believe Mm -hmm. so exciting so um where can we find you how can we work with you so um instagram um bombshells by samantha facebook bombshells by samantha um my website is bombshellsconsulting.com and that's where you can find access to all of my courses. And I have everything from, you know, $17 guides all the way up to private coaching, which we work together hand in hand for six months and everything in between. So you can find me at uh, www.bombshellsconsulting.com and you'll be able to see um, all of the ways to work with me there. And I'm always happy to have what do you say? Oh yeah, my Facebook group. Um, Samantha pops in on our Facebook group a lot. Um, she goes live a lot, and she's just like full <laughs> inspo. Well, thank you. So yes, my Facebook group it is free. It's called Stylist Sisterhood Power Passion and Perseverance. And um, actually, if you go to my my website and join my mailing list, at the bottom of every email I send is a link to join that group. So, you know, if you are trying to find that, that's how you can find it. Um, But yeah, I go live in there and that is kind of my um, place that I wanted to create for female stylists to connect and support each other. And I go live in there fairly often with kind of business tips or whatever, whatever's on my mind. I mean, who knows what you're going to get, but, (laughs) but it's a really cool community. It's a great community. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all this with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored that you would want me on your podcast. So thank you. (laughs) All right. We will see you on the next one. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists.